0: for St. Louis and I'm time stamping our episode today because it is the day after history was made by one Jose Alberto Cujols Alcantara and we are in St. Louis but we got to watch it in LA last night if You went to the trouble of watching it on free, streaming free on Apple TV. We'll talk
1: about Albert Pujols coming up next. And then around minute five, we'll talk to our guest, Robert Ashton, who is with the Albion Theater. Then around minute 30, Blonde. Around minute 48, Don't Worry Darling. Around minute 49, Star Wars and or Around minute 51, the new documentary, Sydney. Around minute 58, Lynn starts her theater roundup with Ain't Too Proud and Something Rotten. And then around one hour and four minutes, we have local scandals. I knew that it was going to be on Apple TV, so I had Apple TV already pulled up and it was ready to go and I watched it live. It was weird because an hour into their broadcast and the way that Apple, because it's
0: streaming, I have Apple TV Plus, too. So uh, I was at theater, of course, because for the next three weekends, there's theater productions. And I um, came home and they had an option where you could join it and it was already in seventh inning. Or you could uh, stream it from the very beginning. I streamed it from the very beginning and they had a I thought they had a wonderful montage of of this year and they were very reverent and they talked about him as a Dodger. So if any place other than Bush Stadium, it was going to happen, it seemed fitting that it was in Dodger Stadium.
1: Yes, it was great. And uh, in the press conference afterwards, one of his kids was wearing a Dodger jersey.
0: Uh-huh. Well, I did see one of the kids in a 55 because when he started at the Dodgers, he was in the 55.
1: Ah, okay.
0: yeah. Yeah. So that was cool that he had all five of his children there. And uh, it, it was it was just really cool how it all happened and how it went down. And I went to the tweets. To check what people were saying. And the Cardinals put out a really good one. It was say. Uh, someday. We are going to tell our. Our kids and grand ch- And grandkids. What it was like to see Albert Pujols play. So. I just think it's so fitting that we had him back. I was really happy. That he was back. Now. Uh, the My brother in-law and sister they live in LA but they went to San Diego yesterday and the day before to see the games I guess they figured it was going to be easier to see the games there than in you know
1: no there were a lot of empty there were empty seats there yesterday so I don't know why
0: well they also were celebrating their anniversary and they used to live in San Diego so they took a little ah took a little do because they lived in San Diego for nine years. San Diego now might be the team that we play in the wild card, but we don't know because it keeps going between the Phillies or the or the that's. Padres. So do we know what our magic number is?
1: It's five.
0: Five. five. Just All like right. Albert Pujols. Just All like right. Albert so Pujols, yes.
1: When did this turn into a sports podcast? Well,
0: I know, but it's history, so we had to. Well, I want to m- welcome our guest, but I do want to say uh, KMOX did get to call it John Rooney, Dan McLaughlin, and Ricky Horton, and you can hear that if you go to Twitter.
1: Or, or you can go to the Odyssey app, and you can listen because it's less than 24 hours old. You can just hit the rewind button, and I guarantee that Camoex. And KMOX Sports will be playing that a lot.
0: Yeah, that's right. Carl does work for Odyssey, uh, Robert. Oh, yes. That's
1: our guest. Robert Ashton is our (laughs) guest. today. Yes.
0: We thank you, Robert, for being so patient. He has established a new theater company in town called Albion, and it is doing plays from the UK, of which you are familiar, Carl. So I used to
1: go to the UK every year until we had a child. And then we brought her for her first year and then school
2: happened. <laughs> and we yeah, had that a, makes a big difference, doesn't it? Uh, it does.
0: <laughs> so, Robert, tell us about your new company and why you decided to go in this direction, because you've been uh, doing uh, directing around town for different groups.
2: Yeah, well, I've been uh, acting for over 20 years in St. Louis. Um and directing more recently. Um, so but with a number of groups, I've also been on a number of boards of theatre boards, St. Louis Shakespeare, West End Players, First Run Theatre, Muddy Waters when that you know, when that was around, I was involved with those guys from the beginning. Um, so I you know, I've been with a lot of other theater companies on the producing side as well as on the acting and directing side. So um you know I've been thinking about doing something you know for my of my own for for some years and decided I'm either I, you know because I'm getting older, I either do it now or I never do. Um, so I decided to do that and was looking about how to sort of distinguish what we would do from from other companies and give us a sort of theme or an image. And you know as, as you, most people could probably be able to tell after I've talked this long that, that I am not from St. Louis um and so um it seemed to me that to actually focus on plays uh i I was sort of tagline is is specializing in plays mainly from britain because we definitely want to do irish plays um uh, as you mentioned the last player directed before before this one was a martin mcdonough play but martin mcdonough is actually is actually born in england but wrote a lot of plays about ireland where his parents came from um uh, and, you know, some tremendous Irish plays. Uh, but the, the 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 name we chose was Albion, which is a very ancient name for the island of Britain. So it's technically doesn't include Ireland. So um, oh, okay. we had to modify. And there isn't actually a term that includes or not a term that anybody likes that uh, <laughs> or, or that everybody likes. Uh, I think the only term is the British Isles, but the Irish get a bit upset about that. Um, so we picked on one at Albion, but we do plan to do Irish plays as well. And the idea was that we would sort of specialize in, in that and present them uh, you know, much more in, in context and try and, depending on what we do, but help the audience understand the context of what's going on. Um, because sometimes I plays I've seen um, sort of miss some of the nuances of, of what's going on. Um, um, and, you know, for example, in the Lonesome West, if you saw when we did that, I actually put out a sheet uh, that we handed yes. out with the programs to explain some of the terms or, or, or things that we use rather than change them, um, uh, you know, explain so people can understand better what's going on.
0: That was very helpful because you had terms because the, the uh, two lead actors, um, they were speaking in a excellent British dialect, I mean Irish, Irish dialect, yeah. and uh, they were saying words because it was after their father's funeral, so they were saying words related to the the funeral customs in Ireland,
2: which right. I was not familiar with. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing, what in that case was um, they refer to a thing called a volovon, which is a puff pastry thing, which which is important throughout the play. But nobody here would know what it was. Right. So, I, right, so I thought that we should explain that. Um, otherwise, people would start, what the hell did they just say? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that's not that's not a problem we have in in the in this current play we're doing, but often will be because, you know, words you know, I think it was Winston Churchill or somebody like that who said, you know, two countries divided by a common language. Ah. Um and, uh, there, you, know, uh, you know, now having lived here for, for a long time, um, you know, I really understand the, the differences. Well, um, what,
0: brought, what brought you to St. Louis?
2: Um, I actually first, well, I actually first came to the States as an exchange student um, oh, Wow! At, at high school in 1970, actually, 1970 <laughs> to 71, uh, uh-huh. in Indianapolis. Oh. So I lived with a family in Indianapolis for a year. Um, and then so we came back fairly regularly. Um, but then I was working for uh, in the early 90s, working for an American company uh, in London. The, we were in London. But their um, their office, uh, the divisional head office was in San Diego, which we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. So I in 93, uh, uh, my, my family moved to San Diego um, and we lived in San Diego for two years. Oh, beautiful weather. Yeah. It, yes, it was. Although we found, you know, coming from a place with seasons, yeah. we found a place where it was just sunny every day. Very odd, really. <laughs> um, and so, but what happened was the company, that the, 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 I was working for a division of a big company and they put our division up for sale and Monsanto bought it. And that's how I end up in St. Louis. Um, uh-huh. Uh, I got a job in uh, with Monsanto in 95. Then Monsanto spun off all its chemicals group. And I went with that. And then we set up a different company. I went with that. And um, so my background is actually primarily in, H- in HR, human resources. Oh. Although my last job, I also ran the legal department because I have a, <laughs> a, law, a law degree, but I'm not a lawyer. I hasten to add. Um, uh-huh. But I knew enough to be dangerous and run the legal department um so uh but i retired quite a few years ago now uh we that business was sold again um to another to another organization we did a transition and then i decided to retire early
0: uh-huh and spend Good for more you. Time
2: doing theater. yeah i was gonna say have you always loved
0: theater uh when when did you get that spark
2: well i you know i did it at high school a little bit and i did it at at college though when i was there i mean the the, the university i was doing my law degree because law degree, law degree is a first degree in in england not not a postgraduate one oh. and um but they, they didn't really do drama as a the, as a thing but we had a theater company that you know that was run by the students and they had a theater owned by the university so um, i did quite a bit then um and that probably explains my why my degree was not as good as it could have been. And <laughs> um, you know, and I did things w- when I could, uh, but you know, when you're at work, it's very hard. Particularly, some of my jobs involved a lot of travelling. It's it's quite hard to do theatre if you when you're at work. Yes. Well,
0: now uh, you, your company uh, is uh, this weekend playing heroes. And that is his Tom Stoppard play, which, of course, he's one of the great British playwrights. So tell us about this production.
2: Yeah. The play Heroes is actually a um, originally a, f- a French play um, by a, a guy called Gerald Siblerat. Um, which who he wrote it I think about 2003 and then Tom Stoppard translated it and I think I think significantly adapted it. Uh, I, my French certainly isn't good enough to read the original, but it, it it's very it's very much sounds like a Tom Stoppard play. Um, uh, but you know as I as I as I normally joke you know so we're doing mainly British plays so we're starting off with a French play written by someone who was actually born in Czechoslovakia, which is Tom Stoppard. Um, so what could be more British than a French play directed by a Czech, <laughs> uh, translated by a Czech? Um, but of course, Tom Stoppard, as you say, is probably the best known, uh, and, and pro- maybe, the, I mean, certainly one of the most skillful with language of, of, of living playwrights in English. Um, so he's done this really really good translation uh, and adaptation of this play. But it does feature, it's set in 1959, um, but it it features three French World War I veterans um, who are um, living in an old soldier's home uh, in in the middle of France. Um, and, And they all have various issues Primarily associated with with things in when in the First World War. Well, this is 40 years later. Um, so one has was has a severely damaged leg. The other guy has shrapnel in his head, which causes him to faint regularly and, and have delusions. Uh, and the third guy is um, you know, he, has really become agoraphobic. He's really terrified of going out. And, and they all end up together on this terrace. And it's just a little terrace set out set there with three chairs there's a stone dog which plays a significant part in the play but i won't say too much about the dog um but uh, and that's it so it's a very simple set it's got three actors um and, and three old guys talking about their experiences and the desire to not to not to give up but to try and break away and get some freedom again as, as a last ditch effort for freedom.
0: Well you have three very good actors. There's Isaiah DiLorenzo and there's Will Shaw mm-hmm. and who is the third one? David Waslack. David, who's yeah. a, a very accomplished actor. He is. So yes. uh, you've got three heavyweights there.
2: Yes and and they are doing a great job. Um it, you, you know because it is despite the the theme, it is very funny. I mean it is definitely a comedy, although it's it's quite sad as well, but it's um, there's lots of funny stuff in it. Um, and and these three guys are doing it a great job. Um, we were just talking last night because when you do comedy, um, by the by the time you get to a you know production, You've often, you often wonder whether it's funny um, yeah. because you've heard it so many times. Um, you know, um, I, actually, we still, the people watching it, uh, you know, the, the stage manager, assistant director and operators and I still laugh, even though I've heard it, you know, I don't know, do- dozens and dozens of times. But the actors feel that. But having, you know, particularly last night, an audience and, and a, uh, a number of good laughers in the audience too always helps. I think they realize it is really funny. But, oh,
0: that's uh, great! That's great. Well, Isaiah has won a St. Louis Theater Circle Award, and and has been nominated. And uh, David has been nominated for multiple awards. Yeah, and has it has won. And then Will Shaw has won on the community theater side, Arts right. for Life. So, yeah, um, yeah I, was it, the show,
2: I, I was in a show. I was in a show years ago with with David, The Crucible, that that oh. Walters. Muddy Waters put on, yeah, and after, well, lots of we all, you know, the, the whole number of people in the cast got nominations for the Kevin Klein Awards, uh, as they were then.
1: Right. So I worked with David day. a
2: couple of times, at least twice, I think, on stage. Um, so I've known him a long time. Yeah. No, the three, the three, excellent guys, and you know, you need for a three-person show like that, where, where timing's very important, and because it, it at points it's very slow-paced. Um, you know, people say it's got uh, reminiscence of uh, Waiting for Godot, where you know people just sit on the stage and you know they can they can't sort of leave. Um, uh, it's a bit it's a bit uh, it's a bit shorter than Waiting for Godot. Um, <laughs> I've noticed more pieces with people from World War One in
0: them in recent years, and I think that was sort of the forgotten uh, war. Uh, as opposed to the big one, you know, World War Two. And so it's nice to see uh, 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 some of the soldiers from that period getting recognized. And so that that's yes, going to be because it was
2: uh, I mean, it was, there was some horrific things went on in that. Um, and uh, I think maybe because uh, America didn't get involved right away. But being I mean, right away until the very end, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the last six months or something. I think. But oh, um, yeah, it was it was in the last year. certainly, yeah, well, and, and I think the thing is, setting in in France, I hadn't really realised that. But the 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 casualty rate, the death rate in France was horrendously high. Um, you know, much more so than Britain, who was also in from the beginning. But the you know, the casualty rate in France, and I, I think in in Germany too. Was really very high, so that whole generation was, uh, you know, either were killed or injured. There were, um, you, you, you know, my, well, my grandfather was in that, and he was left for dead for three days on the battlefield, and oh wow, uh, and was told he was never going, he was never going to walk, and he would perhaps only live six months. But he lived into his forties and had a family, and that's why I'm here, you know. So, but um, so yeah, there were some real uh you know i mean all war is you know it's pretty horrific but the uh, first world war was particularly bad i think
0: well that's really great that you could connect to it personally uh-huh. you know now this is at the kransberg black box am i correct it's, it is yes so uh I which bet is part- there on the
2: corner of grand and olive by the just down from the fox um and-
0: And uh, it's this weekend. It's Saturday, 8 p.m. and Sunday at 2 p.m. And then you run next weekend. Is there a Thursday performance? No, we're
2: just doing Friday and Saturday at 8 and Sunday at 2. And that's through October the 9th. So this is the first week. And then we have two other weekends after that.
0: Oh, good that you have, uh, uh, you know, three weekends. It's always good because... Right now we have so much theater going on. When you have two, it's hard. It's really hard to schedule it. And uh, are you how how are you recommending? Since the Fox has ain't too proud to beg, are you given any? I mean, ain't too proud. Carl's gonna get me on that. Ain't too proud. Uh, How? What are you recommending for parking to come the opposite way?
2: Um, I'm recommending for parking to come perhaps a bit earlier uh, it really is it, it really is getting and the fox is up at seven i think so we're at 7 30 oh is it right um we're finding people can park but uh, you you know that um you can park further down on olive i think um i i you know avoid grand avoiding grand is probably a good idea if you can um yes you know so people have been able i think people will be able to find parking but it's it, it's certainly tough um you know there's there's the parking garages there but the, you know they're uh, 15 bucks or whatever um so there is um you know street parking so we're trying to get you know I, we're just recommending people build in a little bit of extra time i think everybody's been able to find somewhere but it, it is busy yeah, you do have to have extra time
0: to find out. Sometimes you would be amazed at where you find. And there's a there's a lot behind like Channel 9 down that way.
2: Yeah, there's that there's that uh, they have a parking lot there, which, y- y- you know, is their private parking lot. But right. it seems to be open at night and they don't seem to. So I know some people are parking there as well. Um uh, but I, I shouldn't really encourage that. I don't want to get towed and blame me for it. You know? <laughs> um, but I, they haven't been towing anybody yet. Um, yeah. So you just got to be city willing- has been, The city has been out giving tickets if you get there too early. Uh-huh. Um, yeah.
0: Well, it is, it, you know, as long as you know you're going to have to do some walking, it's good to, to put in some time. And then, of yeah. course, Sunday, if you go to the Sunday matinee, it is free parking on the streets because right. it is Sunday.
2: It is. It is. And it's free after seven. So, you know, usually, usually that's not a problem, except people are coming for the Fox and, and taking the spaces early on. Um, but I it. <coughs> Excuse me. I think so far people are managing, but we are trying to warn people of this, get there, allow extra time to get there.
0: So what's, uh, what's next? Because I know Suki Peters is working with you. And um, who else at, Who else is working with you? And what do you plan for the, your inaugural season?
2: We've got, th- th- we originally set this up, th- you know, the legal entity and everything about a year ago to give us time to get everything up. Um, so it was originally set up with three of us, uh, Suki, myself, and Gwyneth Roush, who you may know. Oh, yes. From, uh, first run. First run. Yeah. Um, since then, we've had another couple of board members, uh, Joe Carpenter, who you may know, and uh, and a guy called Will Salisbury, who was who's doing a lot of uh, excellent marketing work for us. And we've just added a couple of extra people. So we're trying to build the board up and build up the, the structure as well. Um, so our, our season, we have the dates um, set uh. With the Kranzberg, please don't ask me what they are because I haven't got them to hand. Um, But (laughs) um, in March, so essentially what we'd like to do with our season is like an early spring show, uh, something in June, uh, you know, early summer, and then, uh, again, fall time. So we have those three slots. Um, So in March, what we're uh, planning to do is uh, uh, Harold Pinter's um, uh, the, The Birthday Party. Ooh. Oh yes, um, and then in June we'll be doing uh, an Alan Ayckbourn play. Uh, um, funny, that, funny, funny friends. Fun. Yeah, he does some really, but but often again, often quite biting um, commentary on relationships in, in many of his plays. Um, so that's what we're doing, and then our October, uh, I was. And of year's show we we've not finalized that yet, but we've we know when we're going to do it, but we're we still haven't finalised exactly what we're gonna do then. So well, we he have has the first...
0: a, he has a lot to pick from.
2: Yeah, yeah. Though there's yeah. plenty of material um from Britain and Ireland. Um uh you know what we'd like to do is we get more established and, and people uh, people hopefully think they're going to see good theatre, so they'll come. We may be able to do uh, more things that people are less familiar with um, that you know were very popular at one time and, uh, and are now rarely performed, although they're still very relevant. Well,
1: you can go to albiontheaterstl.org. That's A-L-B-I-O-N, theater, R-E, as in the British way, stl.org. And let me tell you guys a little something. I went to high school with Isaiah, or as we know him, Ike. Um, in high school, he had a nickname, and he was called Isaiah the Truth Di Lorenzo. I don't know if he still does that, but when we were young teenagers, he went at he went
2: by the truth. So, so he's known as Isaiah the Truth Di Lorenzo.
1: Tell him, say, oh. I talked to somebody you went to high school with, and he'll go, oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs> I will certainly use that tonight. Yes. <laughs> Please do.
0: <laughs> yes. I yeah.
1: love Ike. I- Ike is a very amazing personality.
2: Yeah. Well, actually, we came across um, uh, the-, the guy that owns the Royale. Oh, Steve. Restaurant. Steve, yeah. Steve because, you know, we, we went there quite a few times with shows and uh, Steve came to the Lonesome West at the last one. So we were just talking and he, then he said the same thing. Yeah, he knows uh, <laughs> Isaiah as well. Yeah, yeah. I I, a lot
0: of people know Isaiah what, just from. Well,
1: his father was a professor at St. Louis University.
0: Yes. Ah. And uh, Lewis, right? Was it Lewis?
1: Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. And then uh, his brother also I also went to high school with him. So
0: Well, if we're we're, uh, going back through memory lane, I was in, uh, I knew Will Shaw from Belleville High School because he was a Belleville West graduate and I was in a a couple plays with him in the summer. Uh, We used to have uh, plays at the the Shrine of Our Lady of the Snows with the troupe and so that's how I knew Will. And Will was the voice of Channel 9. Yes. And the pledges for many, 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 many years. And that's how people could remember him too.
2: Yeah, he has a he has a really great voice. But particularly for the part he's playing, his voice is absolutely perfect for it. Yeah, because that's
0: I was just like, <laughs> Well, you know, when I saw him in a couple plays uh, you know, since then, I was just like. Yeah. And Whit Riker, too. They both were in the same class. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see people that you knew back then have such an accomplished life. And they do. And uh, David, although I don't know him from the old days, he and I have been in the same he and his wife and I have been in the same South City neighborhoods. So so we're connected in that way. So, Robert, it was such a delight to talk to you, and um, I look forward to to going tomorrow, and I'll uh, let everybody know.
2: Please do. Please (laughs) do. We can always do with more audience.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, yes, always, always, always good. Theater, people need to support live theater in St. Louis because it really is a very thriving uh, community
2: it go is see surpri- a play. Su- surprisingly so i think it's it, it actually has a very wide range of things in town right
0: yes and this the next month we have uh at least nine or ten shows so yeah yeah go you know, robert
2: thank you thank you thank you and for thanks, your time
0: and thank you for switching and time and because i know after a play
2: well, Native I, I woke kind of up. Early, I woke up very early this morning because I thought I'd have to do something, and so I had to get up and do. You know, because <laughs> it's not only you know, it's not only putting the show up; it's doing all the other all the other stuff around it that's actually causing more problems. It, the actual directing the show was uh, was well not relatively straightforward. We're getting all the box office and everything else sorted out. Is <laughs> well, I will
1: right? I will tell all my Angliophile friends. Yes, that- please. They need to do because they always they're always looking for something uh, British in St. Louis.
2: Yeah, well, they'll, I think they'll enjoy the show. It really is a it really is a fun show, and I think people will uh, p- people will enjoy it.
1: Well, thank you, and best of luck. I'm I'm looking very much forward to it. Thanks.
2: Break a leg tonight.
1: Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye. So, Lynn. Yeah. I. Need to talk about Blonde. Yes. We, you know, like we need to talk about everything or what was it? We need to talk about uh, Kevin. We need to talk about Blonde.
0: Yes. Uh, And we we need to
1: talk about your colleague at the Webster Kirkwood times (laughs) because he liked this film. And I think he's the only, that's not true. I've read some other reviews that were, uh, from
0: our group from our complimentary no, no 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 well we were privy to uh, a screening from uh courtesy of netflix and it was for st louis film critics association Oh my. And, uh at that night was uh 13 of the 21 of us mm-hmm. who could make it and um uh, i apparently misunderstood because I was, uh, you know, we were having such an intense heated discussion afterwards. And I asked one of the PR reps what they're Cause you know, some people come out, say what they need and they leave right away. And then some of us sometimes hang around and start, you know, bandying about our opinion. And, uh, it, apparently it was everybody shared the same opinion too long too exploitative and why would you go in that nc-17 way
1: okay well her life was that though i understand that her life was nc-17
0: right her life is an american tragedy that and the movie makes it into a horrible nightmare
1: yes unrelentingly grim it's it shows how horrible of a life she had her entire life. But and I like that if you have let's start with something positive. Lynn. OK, uh, Anna DeArmas uh, goes all in. Yes, she's very good. She's got the voice. She's got the demeanor. Well, now, hold on a second. She, she doesn't have the voice. But Marilyn Monroe didn't talk like that all the time. That was not her real voice. That was her stage voice when she was playing the dumb characters. But she, she has that voice down. Because once again, this story is fiction.
0: Right. This is, what, this is probably my biggest beef. Is that the story from the novel by Joyce Carol Oates in 2000 called Blonde Blue. Which was a
1: CBS miniseries starring Poppy Mac- Montgomery from Without a Trace.
0: Oh, um, it uh, blurs the line between fantasy and reality. For instance, Joe DiMaggio in the credits is not referred to as Joe DiMaggio; he is referred to as ex-athlete, and he is played very well by Bobby Cannavale.
1: But and because in the book they didn't do that either. In the book, they said uh, the author and the athlete. So. That's, that's why that is that way. Like Arthur Miller is not named Arthur Miller,
0: just named the playwright. Right. He fares, now, Adrian Brody, I think of all of the people in the movie, he fares the best because it shows how captivated he was by how smart he thought she was.
1: Mm-hmm. And which, well, yeah, I, cause he used her, he used things she said in his plays.
0: Right. And uh, if she was in the actor studio at the time she met him and you don't just get in there for, you know, for, Intuition.
1: No, she actually. People forget that she was a good actress, right? And she, but they never. But Fox didn't know what to do with her, so they didn't put her in anything that was good. They just used her for her sex appeal.
0: I know, and they were very dismissive because she would talk about Chekhov and Dostoevsky, and they would be very patronizing and dismissive. And she knew she had a, a, a intense grasp of the material. And what she wanted to do and where she wanted to go with it. But yeah, you're right. She never got the opportunity to develop into the actress she could have become. And as we know, it was a being manhandled by all these leering, I call it in my review, leering, lecherous and lascivious men in Hollywood. Uh And also her damaged psyche from her traumatic childhood. She went into a downward spiral that obviously cost her um, her, everything. Yeah. Her happiness, her life, her, her uh, career. It's very tragic. It's very tragic.
1: We need to talk about Julianne Nicholson who plays her mother and is in a very, very few, but very powerful scene.
0: Yes, and that's really disturbing. This whole movie to me was unsettling because of the uh, trauma that she endured with a schizophrenic mother and she was put into an orphanage and then she uh, transitioned from being a model who was fine with doing nude pictures into an actress that was the was the uh, victim of a casting couch, which is nothing new.
1: Which, well, that, that also unproven. You don't they And they call him Mr. Z, which is probably Daryl Zanuck. But you don't know if that's true or not either.
0: Right. You don't know everything. You do not know what's true. You don't know if the neighbors took her in. I mean, I don't. Maybe people do. The neighbors took her in and then they, they had to drop her off at the uh, uh, orphanage. And we don't know the the guy that's kind of guiding her career in the beginning that got her the tryouts or the audition. And then some of the audition uh, scenes that she did uh, with other people who were that. But Anna or Anna, mm-hmm. she we have liked her very much in No Time to Die. Yes. We liked her in The Gray Man and she and knives out was her breakthrough yes and so we're not all saying, underused in all of those right we're not saying anything about her talent although she was in one of the worst movies of the year uh prior to this called deep water within flame uh ben affleck so um, i encourage people to stay away from that because that's not going to give you a good opinion i mean a good a good range either but she uh did go all in. She looks gorgeous in the costumes. She they does. have the iconic scenes, the seven year itch one yes. with the subway grate. they have her in this uh some like at hot outfits that apparently uh you know, and then uh she isn't in that. Singing JFK happy birthday number that Kim. No, she dance, does something you know. else with JFK. Yeah, which I cannot unsee. This is my thing about this movie. There are parts of this movie that I cannot unsee, and the part with JFK is, and they never calling JFK the president, the president, right? But it's so lewd and so disturbing. And she was abused by many men and, uh, you know, but we can't unsee that.
1: Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of thing is about her having kids because since they never talk about her first husband, the whole thing is about her wanting a baby, but that's not, it, it was weird. So I, 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 well, well, the talking. that's another fetus, thing you can't unsee. The
0: talking fetuses were, that's where I was like, what? Now, the director of this spent over 10 years developing this project. Uh, He and he wrote it and he has been responsible for one of my favorite movies of the early 2000s, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Yes, that is a brilliant movie. That is a beautiful film. It is so well acted. Uh, Casey Affleck was a revelation in it, and got an Oscar nomination for it. And just stunningly gorgeous, Brad Pitt was wonderful. And so he is responsible for this. Now, Anna DeArmas has been making the rounds on the talk shows, mm-hmm. and she was very charming with Colbert. And she talked about how hard the shoot was. Now, I was uh, I was fortunate to be on a Zoom uh, webinar with her uh, for CCA members last week and somebody brought up the controversy involved in this movie and she said we knew this was going to be uh, controversial we knew uh, that people would have issues with uh, some of the sexuality in it and also that it was going to be a very uncomfortable watch Yes. And of course it is. And I just wonder, because St. Louis is not having a theatrical release. Many cities had it opened in theaters on Friday, September 23rd. But we are not one of them. And mm. I suspect it's the NC-17 rating because that doesn't do well in St. Louis, nor in many theaters. and But it's going to drop on Netflix on Wednesday, September 28th. Now I just okay. wonder when people are watching at home, at what point, and I really want to know this from people, at what point are they gonna turn it off? I would
1: say the Charles Chaplin Jr., Edward G. Robinson Jr. threesome scene.
0: Yes, that was squirm, it's, squirm it's, time. It's squirmy, time.
1: but also not graphic enough. <laughs> if it it you it didn't, it doesn't go either way. It goes it's 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 gross, but not sexual, but not it doesn't go far enough either. So they wanted both. They're like, let's let's straddle the line between pornography and uncomfortableness. And then they they're they're middle of the road on it. It's just
0: odd. It's an odd scene. I called it icky when I did the review with Ray Hartman on Thursday night on KTRS. And I I was shocked to read Kent's review. Because we
1: need to talk about Kent.
0: I dearly love my colleague Kent at the Webster Kirkwood Times. And one of the reasons we do both do film at the times is they do want a he said, she said kind of thing. So people really like when we disagree. And And so you
1: disagree on this
0: one. Yes. He gave it a B as in boy. I gave it a D as in dog. And he um, he did bring up the good points that I have said, too. But he said the NC 17 rating will likely sour people on this. But he talked about how gorgeous it was. It was an interesting film. Don't you think the cinematographer did an interesting job about the um, black and white going into color? Oh, yeah.
1: Also, the movie's shot in four by three rather than 16 by nine the whole time.
0: Well, uh, Mousy told me uh, the print we had wasn't altered for a theatrical viewing because St. Louis wasn't getting a theatrical print.
1: Oh, well, maybe it'll be sixteen by nine on your widescreen TV.
0: So that we all went oh when she told us that, but two hours and forty six minutes. Carl, half hour could have been shaved with the bare breasts. <laughs>
1: there is a half hour. There is at least a half hour of her naked.
0: Right. but then I mean, again, as more.
1: Elton John, as Elton John told us, Marilyn Monroe slept in the nude.
0: I know, but but it just gets to be just tawdry and sad and uh just this downward spiral that's just you know i don't know i'm well
1: okay so one of the most salacious things about joyce carol oates's book is that uh the kennedys had her killed and they don't even mention they I mean, they force her to have an abortion but they don't Kill her. It's just like she died of just exhaustion. So it, it, the, one of the most interesting things about that book is not in the book.
0: Well, they do allude to the paranoia yeah. and the, the strange people checking out her house. And uh, they used at some point her real house in L.A., I'm not sure what scenes but when I was reading about this they did go back and um, and uh, use some things they use some key elements of her life in LA but But uh, they still
1: don't talk about her first husband who she married because uh, she was she wasn't in the orphanage very long she was she was taken in by family members and one of the one of the Family members uh, was transferred to West Virginia, and she couldn't go because of California protection laws. So what she do? She married the neighbor, and so he's not even he's he was twenty one, and she was sixteen. They don't even mention first marriage. It's it's weird how they uh, how they pick and choose. I know it's already two forty five, but they don't mention that she had a sister. They don't mention a whole bunch of stuff. But then again, the whole book is made up. So you can say whatever you want. Right. Which is just odd. They also don't mention The Misfits, which is her last movie. I mean, they, they do some interesting things with some like it hot, even though it's uh, they do Seven Year Rich. They do Gen- gentlemen prefer blondes. But she made 29 movies and only touch on three of them.
0: And well, they do show her in her first film role in All About Eve. Uh, but yeah, they don't touch on hardly any of that. Well, they show Niagara, they show Well they have her auditioning,
1: they show her, yeah, and Don't Bother to Knock, which is some people say is her best acting role.
0: And, uh, they do very odd things, uh, when she is going to premieres, the red carpet stuff is pretty disturbing. Uh, when she goes to premieres, they distort the faces of the guys.
1: Oh yeah. That's creepy.
0: It is really creepy. And they, they use that as a, as a nightmare horror type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, they just really, they, I don't know if we're ever going to get the definitive, uh, biopic on her but this is not it
1: no so uh uh, it's just i don't know if you'll be able to stomach all two hours and 47 minutes of it
0: that's why i want to know when because remember when roma was on netflix and people would contact me and go oh i had to turn it off I turned it off after 10 minutes and it got like what, 10 nominate Oscar nominations, but it wasn't yeah. one. It it was a critical success, but the public wasn't as enamored with it.
1: Now on your little Rotten Tomatoes thing that you belong to, it's at 50%. So either you like it or you hate it.
0: Yeah, it's very polarizing, I think. And I think it's going to be a very much talked about uh, in terms it's, it's of the- brutal. Right. Now we're coming into award season, Carl, and we've got some good ones coming up this week. I am so excited about, but we did miss the uh, festival. uh, One of the, one of the premier movies that debuted at the festivals that was kind of a controversial magnet. And that was don't worry, darling, because they had the screening during the day and we had day jobs. I
1: was out of the, I was out of the city. Uh, I was in Washington, D.C., but hold on a second. Um, why is there no comma in Don't Worry, Darling? That's what I want to know.
0: I don't know, but uh, um, it's it's it looks like a strange one. That's another one people are on the fence about. I actually,
1: was, the first trailer I saw, I was interested in seeing it. Then all the weird stuff happened, and I'm like, eh, maybe I don't want to see it.
0: Yeah. I'm, here- I'm
1: sure I will see it eventually, but not. Not this weekend.
0: It's Harry Styles, it, Chris Pine, it is Florence Pugh,
1: my Chris, favorite,
0: Chris Pine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Olivia Wilde, who directed it. Yes, it's a, it's a uh, Stepford Wives kind of thing, but more and kind of like a Dharma Initiative from the from, <laughs> from Lost, Lost. If it looks like it, I think there's a big reveal two thirds in. But you might already have figured it out once the movie starts. So oh well, Lynn, I watched uh,
1: what a lot of people are watching this week is uh, the new Star Wars show on Disney Plus. I watched the first four episodes of Andor. I know everyone else has seen the first three. and what is everyone is talking about about Andor is that the first three episodes seem like if there would have been a pilot, like, if this was on regular TV, this would have been the pilot, the first three episodes, because then it moves into a secondary story. The first um, is a murder mystery, but it's not a mystery because you know who the murderer is. So the murder's trying to escape. And then the second, the fourth episode goes into the second story, which is a heist film. So if you, a lot of people say, well, I'm bored with the first episode or two. Stick around. It gets better there's a climax in the third the third episode is so action-packed and they shot this differently normally they've been using the volume on all these star wars things where they're using the uh, the giant thing that's just a screen they actually used real sets on andor so i that is also a good thing they're going to be two seasons of 12 episodes and we have only saw seen the first three so keep with it and i'm i'm excited for what the next ones are going to be oh did okay. you watch any of them
0: i have not but i did watch the sydney potier documentary on apple tv plus mm-hmm. that is directed by reginald headland hudlin of east st louis Ah, oh. reginald hudlin does a wonderful job with sydney and I actually interviewed him yesterday for an article in the Belleville News Democrat, and it was a he's a he's a wonderful uh, talent and uh, really uh, great man. He idolized Sydney through his whole life. What I like about this documentary is it is not just fan service. He talks about he 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 talks about Sydney's groundbreaking acting yeah and he also brings up his activism yeah and then his his mentorship role there are great talking heads he got the cooperation of Sydney's first wife Nita Hardy and you never see interviews with her and then later on he married Joanna Shipkiss, and he was married to her Uh, until he died in January at age 94 and he has six daughters four from his first marriage two from his second marriage and he um they all participate so he got the participation of the family which I think is important and there's Lenny Kravitz and Denzel Washington and Spike Lee and Morgan Freeman is is in it a lot Mm -hmm. And uh, Harry Belafonte and and Sidney were like brothers. And it goes into that, which is interesting. He w- was born in the Bahamas and he came to Miami when he was 16 to live with a brother. And he worked as a delivery boy at a, for a department store. And because he was from the Bahamas, he wasn't aware of segregation In the United States. Right. So he was told to deliver this package to a a house in Miami and he rode his bike and knocked at the front door. And this woman was like horrified that he was at the front door and was like, Why are you at the front door? Go to the back. And she slammed the door. So he went to the back. That was his first encounter.
1: with With, racism
0: yes and he gets home to his brothers and he notices all the lights are off and he's like his his brother's wife is what did you do the clan has been here oh wow and he said i just delivered a package and he was walking to get some dry cleaning and because i think he thought he maybe better you know hightail it out of town and the police stopped him and put a gun to his head and told him that if he kept walking home without looking back they would not shoot him so it's very chilling sydney Potier's footage is used in this and i asked reginald hudland how you know that he was able to interview and he goes no that's from oprah because oprah (laughs) produced is the executive producer Ah. of this movie and oprah interviewed him and he said they were very close and that uh oprah and sydney talked every sunday oh wow yeah and so it's really interesting. Barbara Streisand's uh, talking head. There's a lot of very good, interesting, but there's really good articles about in the sixties, you know, he, had that one incredible year, 1967 to Sir with love. Yep. Guess who's coming to dinner and uh, in the heat of the night, which partially was filmed in Sparta, Illinois, uh, to take the place of Sparta, Mississippi for obvious reasons. So that great year, he was a box office. Sorry, he was one of the biggest box office people in America. And uh, there started running these articles like, why does white America like him? Meaning like he was too antiseptic. He was, you know, he was gateway. But he did break a lot of ground and he did open doors. And Lulu is in the movie. Oh,
1: talking about To Serve With Love?
0: Yes. And she even sings it. And, and sure. Reginald said yesterday that uh, that she was a lovely woman and she did that on her own.
1: She's well, he only he only died in January. So this had to be in the works since before he was he died.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Now, Reginald Hudlin uh, came to prominence. His breakthrough was a movie called House Party in 1990. Yes. And, uh, he has had quite a career since, and he is a producer now. And in fact, he just produced the Emmys that were last week and he has produced the Oscars and he did the Emmys last year too. And he does the NCAA image awards every year. And he also directed Thurgood a Marshall movie called Marshall starring Chadwick Boseman. And I asked him the, my final question, cause you know, you only get so many questions. Right. Um, was uh, your thoughts on Chadwick. And he said that if he was doing a fictional movie on Sydney, that Chadwick Boseman would have been his first choice. Okay. Wow. So that was interesting. Yeah. So that's. Did you talk about his brother at all? Because they work a lot together. Yeah, no, we didn't get to that. We only had 20 minutes. But, okay. You know, I was one of the people in the, in the queue. Ah. So it was a one-on-one, which I appreciated. And I had, I didn't know I was getting a one-on-one. So I was really happy with, I mean, you know, it it was an honor to talk to him and I was just really pleased. But he, um, he went to Assumption High School. If we're going to talk the St. Louis thing, you know, where'd you go to high school? And he remembers going to St. Louis to see movies. He remembers going to see Buck, Sidney Putty's Buck and the Preacher at the Lowe's uh, State downtown. And he remembers going to see, uh, you know, when Sidney Puddy directed like Stir Crazy and he directed comedies, um, he remembers going to uh, the Shop City Drive-In. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, well, he did *Uptown Saturday Night, too. So he talked about that. So, I, you know. So anyway, it was really fun interviewing. But I am ensconced in theater for the next three weeks, Carl. And uh, the Fox has the blast from the past jukebox musical ain't too proud how'd you like it i loved it 31 songs it is from it's it's by the director of the jersey boys so it has that vibe to it that 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 construction but it's from the point of view of otis williams the founder and the sole surviving member of the Temptations. The first act is just wonderful. Talks about the Motown. Um, they had a rivalry with the with the Supremes, and then the and second didn't act.
1: They have an, uh, a
0: rivalry with the Four Tops too. Well, they don't really go there. They just talk about how they wanted to be number one at Motown. That was their goal, and now they're the number one R and B group in the world. Um, so they achieve that. Second act is more of the behind the music.
1: Yeah, when the, it, as with the people the dr- leaving, yeah, the
0: drugs, the leaving, the deaths, the friction, and David Ruffin and Eddie Kendricks come back, and it's it's all that. So it's interesting, and one of the interesting uh scenes is they sing "War," the the protest song "War," and it's really good and, by Edwin and- Starr yes and and um barry gordy goes no we don't want you guys to be political so they gave it to edwin Starr. Hmm. so it was supposed to be a temp song and well,
1: then a a ball of confusion is a very political song well then they let him
0: okay then they decided okay because the temps were like we want to do these songs and they were like okay you know so they let him But that was really interesting at first. And so it's a great show. It's so much fun. The boomers are my tribe. My -hmm. tribe was in full force. Were
1: you you singing in the lobby?
0: No, but I I said to my companion and then Mark Brett's another critic sat next to me. And I said, I promise I will only sing if everybody else does. But that was hard because everybody wanted to sing a lot. Not always, but the clapping started right away. And John O'Brien sat behind me, our guest Uh, from last week. last week. Mm -hmm. And he told me how much he loved talking to us about it. So we're going to have to have him back when the Fox announces their next season. Good. I think that'll be fun. And then um, uh, I was just at Something Rotten. I love that play new lane theater. Oh, it's so fun at new line. New line does a really good job with it. It is at the Marcel the next three weekends. It is so funny. They do a scaled down version, but mm-hmm. it is because you know, but it's so funny because of being more intimate and you laugh the whole entire time. And it's, it just was such a breath of fresh air. And then a chorus line is going on at stage I'm seeing it today. And it is as fresh as when it opened. And uh, my review is in the Webster Kirkwood times Friday, and then it'll be online on Monday at the Webster Kirkwood times. Excellent. There we go. And then there's like nine other shows that like (laughs) Robert's show opened and St. Louis Shakespeare opened with, uh, as you like it, if you want a free thing, Saturday night is the only night that you can go see Shake in the Streets, and it is at Bevo Mill. It is at the corner of Gravoy and Morganford, and it is delightful, Carl. It's called Winds of Change, and it's about the immigrant experience, and they even get the parish uh, priest, the pastor, Father Mitch, of john the baptist is in it and he is the oh, best. Nice. he is the best line in the whole thing and they involve uh local uh bosnians playing uh the accordion and singing and it's some neighbors uh that's that's really 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 fun and one of our previous guests christina rios mm-hmm. is a main character and she sings she's got a beautiful voice and her daughter rosario is in it oh that's cute yeah so it's free you just come bring a lawn chair or uh, there are lawn chairs available you have to arrange, and uh-huh. um it's like in front of the middle school and
2: Excellent. the
0: stage is wonderful and it's written by deanna gent and it's directed by Adam Flores, another one of our previous guests. Wow! St. Louis from St. Louis Shakespeare Festival. What they do is they take us, they interview people in the neighborhood, and they take us a, a Shakespeare play. This one being the Comedy of Errors, and mm-hmm. they talk about um, basically the conceit is two uh, two twin siblings. When they were escaping from Bosnia, they got separated. Hmm. So then they're looking for them and they find them in St. Louis. St. Louis has 70,000 Bosnian immigrants.
1: I have friends that are them.
0: I know it's 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 so in and, and jo, uh, Joseph Puglio's movie, A, A New Home. So um, I guess we don't have to, cause we got to wrap up, but um, St. Louis was in the national news this week because of Vic Faust. Have you ever worked with him?
1: I do not know the man and uh, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, it uh, it's um yeah. Well, I'm, But I, I uh, have
1: worked with people that are like that.
0: Well, I think we all have mm-hmm. and it blew up. Um, Fo- he is no longer associated with Fox two he is no longer associated with that radio station, the Viper. Yeah. KFNS won the FM branch. Right. And he is from Belleville, and he is a graduate of Altov High.
1: And he played football at Mizzou, which, is, which got him on Barstool Sports and uh, the New York Post and See. Yahoo News.
0: And he had worked in Detroit and Detroit had it. And yeah, the New York paper had it and Detroit had it too. So it blew up. Joe Holloman broke the story because the audio that was recorded at a commercial break of his thyroid, a a tirade against a female coworker was sent to Joe Holloman.
1: Yes. By an anonymous person.
0: And that's where we are. I am constantly amazed at how many uh, Well-known people uh, do horrible things when they should know that everything is recorded, it, especially in today's world where
1: people's phones can be used for anything.
0: I'm just constantly amazed. And then like on the national level, look at stupid Adam Levine with the with the sexting text to that model and his wife's pregnant with a third child. I mean, it's like, why do you do this stuff? It will come back to you. Oh, by the way, the 700 ball, supposedly the guy didn't give it back. Just FYI, he left.
1: He left. (laughs) All right, Lynn, where can we find you?
0: I am on all the socials, Carl. I am on KTRS every Thursday evening with Ray Hartman after the 10 p.m. news. I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times. I have my own website, poplifestl.com. Where are you available
1: you can hear me on the Mark Cox Morning Show where we were broadcasting from Washington, D.C. Uh, last week. And uh, we're on 5 to 9 on 97.1 FM Talk. You can also hear me on KMOX and 97.1 on the Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors Show. So find me there and uh, also on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern.
0: And watch reboot on Hulu and tell me what you think because it's All from right. the from the creator of Modern Family, and I found it hilarious.
1: And Keegan Michael Key is supposed to be great in it.
0: Yes, he plays a a Yale <laughs> School of Drama graduate who lets everybody know <laughs> that he's funny. Oh fun. I know All it right. is it's very inside Hollywood. So hey, have a great weekend and, and we'll talk um, next week. And so we salute Albert. Bye. Bye.